1: With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell.
2: Well, good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour, with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, an expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. Well, with the holiday season in full swing and Christmas literally around the corner, um, we can anticipate hearing sermons and messages taught from the book of Matthew or the book of Luke. But how often have you heard a Christmas message taught from the book of Hebrews? Are you aware that there are great similarities? Well, tonight we bring you part six in our series entitled seeing Christmas through the book of Hebrews. So stay tuned for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you
3: tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed and thank you so much for that introduction. And we wanna thank everybody out there in Radio Land for being with us tonight on this special occasion and putting out the word of God because that is the thing that uh, will draw us to him, as well as uh, bring revival in our country, in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, and abroad. So last week, uh, I talked about uh, the word both, B-O-T-H, as it relates to seeing Christmas according to the book of Hebrews. And what I did last week was I uh, got to number three, and I was not able to continue that and finish that. So my plan is to, tonight to finish all of these six points <clears throat> as it relates to uh, the book of Hebrews and seeing Christmas according to the book of Hebrews. What a tremendous teaching this has been, and I know it's been a blessing to you, and we want to encourage you to get your pens and papers and Uh, Bibles and get to a desk and take some important notes that will bless you and your home and your lives, as well as your churches and community. So let me meddle with this word, both, B-O-T-H. Now, in the Gospel of uh, John, in the Gospel of John, we uh, get this important thing related to both, and we see that in uh, in, in both of these books, in John and Hebrews, the writer of John, the writer of Hebrews, both write the same emphasis, same points, and <clears throat> the same thing regarding Jesus Christ, and very few include the book of Hebrews when it comes to Christmas. And that's what we're doing in this series. Now, number one, both the writer of Hebrews and the writer of the gospel of John, both see the divine son and all of his majesty at the beginning of the books. Both see the divine son and all of his majesty at the beginning of their books. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, that's the divine son. And then we have in John chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. See, both writers talk about the divine majesty of God's son, Jesus Christ, both Number two, both the writer of Hebrews and the writer of the Gospel of John, both see throughout their books, Christology, Christology. Now, what are we talking about when we say and use the word Christology? Now, even though that word is not mentioned in the Bible, the evidence of it is there. Just like the word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, the evidence is there. And the evidence is there regarding Christology. And what do we mean by the word Christology? We're talking about the person, nature, and work of Christ. Don't miss this word, even though it is not mentioned in the Bible, but the person, nature, and work. Of Jesus Christ is mentioned throughout the Gospel of John as well as throughout the book of Hebrews. Number three, both the writer of Hebrews and the writer of the Gospel of John both see and speak of the humanity of Christ. Now I just talked about the divinity. Now I'm talking about the humanity. So Both writers, the Gospel of John, the writer of the Gospel of John and the writer of the book of Hebrews, both speak of the humanity of Christ. Hebrews chapter one and verse six talks about, and again, when he bringeth in. Now, when it says he bringeth in, that means that he, uh, God broke into, into time and space God manifested in the flesh, and it says in Hebrews 1 and 6, again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world. Now, in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, and the word was made flesh. See, Jesus, God manifested in the flesh, humanity. We talk about when we say humanity, We're talking about another word for humanity. You know what that is? That's the incarnation. The incarnation that God was made flesh. The Greek word for flesh is Soma, S-O-M-A. God manifested in the flesh. Number four, both the writer of Hebrews and the writer of the gospel of John, both teach the worship of Jesus Christ throughout their books And uh, we see in Hebrews chapter one and verse six, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And we see this to be true. And you remember Jesus said in Matthew four and Luke four, the only one to be worshiped is God. Well, if he says "Let all the angels of God worship him, and, says, and Jesus says the only one to be worshipped is God. That makes Jesus God. Now, you just uh, if you take time out and just read through the Gospel of John, you'll see people worshipping Jesus all, all the time. Angels, you see leopards, people that he had healed, and uh, all sorts of people. Worshiping Jesus throughout the Gospel of John and throughout the Gospels. Period. Number five, both the writer of Hebrews and the writer of the Gospel of John teach that the Son was the agent of the creation of the world and the ages to come. Both teach that Jesus is the creator, He's not a creature, He's the creator and that he pre-existed before all creation as the creator of all things. Both writers talk about Jesus being the creator of all things, the supreme one over all. And Genesis chapter 1 talks about God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 talks about Uh, Jesus creating all things. Colossians chapter one talks about Jesus creating all things. Hebrews chapter one talks about Jesus creating all things. He is the agent. He is the creator of all things. It's a a sin to think like the Jehovah's Witnesses trying to make Jesus out a creature. And uh, that's a grave sin before God. And they need to repent of that. And Anyone else who sees him only as a creature, they need to repent as well. He's the creator of all things. And and lastly, number six and lastly, number six and lastly, both the writer of Hebrews and the writer of the gospel of John, both teach that Jesus was fully equal to the father, fully equal to the father. That's so powerful. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of of thy kingdom. Now, this is saying that the Father said to the Son that he is God, he made him equal with him. And then, and uh, this quotation from Hebrews 1 and and 8, It's taken from Isaiah 45 and 6. The Father says, they said regarding the Father, that he, the same scripture speaks of him in the same way. And isn't it interesting when you look at, let me say this in conclusion, when you look at John 5 and 17 and 18, and Jesus said, he does the same equal work as the Father. He does the same equal work as the Father. And do you know, do you not know that when he said that, the religious leaders, the hounds of hell, got so angry that they tried to stone him again? Because when he said he does the same work as the Father, he's claiming to be equal to the Father. And then John 5 and 18, Jesus also made himself equal with, with God the Father. That is why... The scriptures teach that they tried to kill him on that occasion. Now, I'm going to say this in closing, my friend. If you are denying that Jesus Christ is the creator, and you deny that he is the Savior, Lord and Savior, you say, well, Dr. Buckner, I will never bow my knee to Jesus. Don't you fool yourself now. Don't you lie to yourself because the scripture says in Philippians chapter two, that great kenosis chapter, meaning the word, Greek word for kenosis means he emptied himself, not of his divinity, but the right to always act as God, but never cease being God. That's what kenosis means. Now understand this, you may not bow to him on this side, but on the other side, when you meet him face to face, it says in Philippians chapter 2, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That means all of us. I don't care what religion you're in, culture in, church you're in, one day you're going to bow before God. And it's better to bow on this side than to try to bow on the other side when it's too late. And somebody says, does all religions lead to the same thing? <laughs> It does. It, you say, Dr. Button, you're contradicting you some. No, all religions will lead to Jesus and they will bow either in worship or he, they will bow in one another chance, but it'll be too late. So confess your sins now. Say this prayer with me. Dear God, I confess my sins right now of my denial of who you are. I confess my sins and I repent of my sin and I accept you as Savior and Lord of my life right now. And give me the strength of your spirit to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary.
2: Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith after these messages.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, The Spirit of the Bay.
2: Well, Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. We also would like to take a moment out to just thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry. And we always say this is definitely a prayer-driven ministry. We thank you for the continuous prayers that have gone up over the many, many years that we've been on the air. And we also like to take this opportunity to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially over the years to keep this ministry on the air. It costs us 400 a week to do this broadcast, and uh, we just thank so many of you who have been faithful and giving to this ministry. Um, you know, I, I always like to say that one day you'll stand before God, and he's going he's gonna to tell you, turn around look. And you're going to see a vast multitude of people. You're going to ask the Lord, who are these people? And the Lord's going to tell you, these are the people that were saved as a result of your giving to contending for the faith. And we truly believe that lives are going to be touched and changed for time and eternity by what you do through your prayers and through your giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, Number one, you can address a check or money order to contending for the faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Uh, The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We are so thankful for so many of you who have been so faithful during the holidays to keep giving and to not forget our ministry. And we just want to encourage you, be consistent in prayer and be consistent in your giving so that we can continue to do the work that God has called us here in partnership with you as well. So we want to encourage you tonight that uh, we are so grateful and thankful for your partnerships and continue to keep up the good work. All right, Dr. Buckner, you ready to go to the phone lines?
3: Let's do it, Brother Gary. Sounds like a all, all
2: right. We've got Brother CC. He's got uh, a little follow-up from last week.
3: How you doing, Brother Cece? Hey, how you doing? We're truly blessed. We trust that you got blessed by the word of God
4: tonight. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, it's never the time I don't.
3: What what stood out? What really touched you tonight?
4: I like the last part when you closed in with saying he's the creator of all things, and you went to Genesis. You talked about Genesis chapter 1 and how John chapter 1 connects to that, and you connected it with um, Hebrews chapter 1. You said he was the creator of all things, and how the Jehovah Witnesses um, basically need to repent of that, of calling him a, a creature. When he's not the cre- Creator creature, he's the creator, of the the world. And I love love that. I like all of it, but that really spoke to me.
3: Oh, beautiful. Praise the Lord. We appreciate that uh, feedback. And uh, I trust also that uh, you were able to do uh, uh, homework on what I had taught on before, uh, Isaiah 53 and verse 4 and Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Do you remember the key points that I had said about that. And if you, if you do uh, give it back to us. And because I know that the people will be blessed by what I said as well.
4: Okay. Well, picking up, by the way, and in, in the judgment for last week, we were talking about in verse five. And I know the main point was he said, by his stripes, we are healed. And a lot of word of faith teachers like Joel Osteen and um, Joyce Meyer, and T.D. Jakes takes that passage out of content context that says that that's in relationship to christ's crucifixion that we could be healed of the disease but it has to be according to his will So john one fourteen 14 says this is the confidence we have in him if we ask anything according to his will he hears us what so has to be the will of god like it was a man in my church who had cancer all over his body and he asked me to pray for him and i prayed for him and he went back to the doctor came back a few days later and said the cancer was healed god healed him it Was a testimony of god's grace but then i prayed for somebody else and they weren't healed. So basically, this is a distortion of justification, because it's really hitting on justification. Justification means to be declared righteous in God's sight. It means justification is the act of God removing the guilt and penalty of sin at the same time while making a sinner righteous through Christ's atoning sacrifice. And then Peter picked it up In the New Testament, when he says, by his stripes we are healed, but he's referring to the healing that comes from Christ's death on the cross by the wrath of God being poured on Christ that we deserve. Christ was treated accordingly. And as a a means of that, there was a W imputation because his righteousness was imputed to us. And so when Matthew picked it up in Matthew when he talked about Christ and he quoted Isaiah 53, he was in relationship to the affirmation of Christ's deity, and the best Christmas gift we can have is in John three sixteen, where it says, "God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, who as a believer here shall not perish, but have everlasting life."
3: Amen. Good job. Good job. Appreciate you giving back that, and that's uh, really uh, some good feedback. And uh, just also remember, just to make note of this. Uh, when it comes to Isaiah 53 and four, it refers to the physical healing in Jesus Christ's day it is a prophecy referring to Jesus's specific ministry. Whereas in Isaiah 53 and five refers to spiritual healing of what? Our transgressions and iniquities. And we see the cross reference to 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, but good, good job in the Lord. Appreciate you uh, digging always deep. We love it that you are a sponge head, not a sieve head. You're a sponge head. Just soak it up and uh, you give back good stuff. So thank you for that. And uh, do you have any prayer requests that we can pray for you, my brother, and pray for your family? And by the way, to you and to everyone that's uh, listening, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you and Happy New Year that God will bless us all to not only get closer to him uh, as Savior and Lord, but also we'll start the new year off walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. So um, I just want to say that to you, Cece, and everybody else out there. And thank you for always your prayers and support uh, for this ministry.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you you guys can um, pray for me in in relationship. to however you guys feel led to pray, and um, you continue to pray for my family, my mother, Rosalinda, celebrities involved. And then I just want you, want you guys, again, to lift up um, Brother Rick, you know what I'm saying, in terms of you know what he's going through.
3: Amen. Good good uh, prayer requests. And we'll have Brother Gary to lead us in prayer on that. Brother
4: Gary.
2: Amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We continue to pray that you would just meet every need that's represented in his life, Lord God, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, or financial need, Lord God, your word says you will supply all of his needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would give him peace, that you would help him to cast all of his cares upon you because you care for him. We pray for his family, his mother, Rosalinda. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue to bless her, be with her. We pray for the celebrities that he brings to to mind all the the time. And we just pray that, just like us, they need a Savior, too. And so, Lord God, we just pray that your mercy be upon them. And we pray for Brother Rick. And we we just continue to lift him up, strengthen and encourage Brother Rick, uh, especially during this time of, of bereavement, that you would just be with him and his family. And that, Lord, you are the God of all comfort. And the same comfort you comfort us, you would have us comfort others. And we pray that you would comfort him, that you comfort his his family, his siblings, Lord God, that they would get a new and, and, and an awesome sense of your presence, that you're walking with them, that you're encouraging them, that you're holding them and lifting them up. And, Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And ceasing is always good to hear from you. And God bless you, brother, and keep on letting God use you.
4: Thank you. God bless you too.
3: All righty. Well, All right. Speaking um, of Brother Rick,
2: he's on the line.
3: Hello, Brother Rick. How are you doing? I am blessed. And
5: just want to ask a question uh, that's uh, that that's always piqued my interest. Okay. Um, we'll when, when, he, when it came to the uh, time that Adam sinned, did he eat the uh, fruit or did he eat the apple? We hear so much about an Adam's apple. What
3: is the truth? That's a good question, Brother Rick. And uh, there's a lot of uh, tradition around that and speculation rather than revelation. I always say a lot of people are more into speculation than revelation. And uh, they have uh, isogeted the word apple into this situation. uh, And they will say that the apple was the forbidden fruit. And that Adam uh, ate of the forbidden fruit. But if you, if everybody get uh, open up your Bibles and you go to uh, Genesis chapter one, and you uh, look at Genesis chapter one, and verse twenty nine and verse uh, thirty, especially twenty nine, Genesis chapter one. And verse 29, and it says, and everybody should know that book, that's the first, two books in the Bible should always be able to get to quick, and that's the first book and the last book was the book of Revelation. I would tell people in my congregation, if you have a problem getting to the first book and last book, we need to really uh, do some uh, some serious training with you. So anyway, it says uh, in verse 29, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb, herb bearing seed, now notice the word seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree, yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. Now notice that he says, yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. I mean, in other words, to eat. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, uh, what was it? It was not uh, an apple because apples had seed in it. Apples have seed in it, and they could eat it. So it must have been, it had to be another type of fruit. It wasn't an apple, because they were able to eat apples, because they have seed in it. And he said, thou shalt eat of everything that has seeds in it. So that debunks that whole argument, and it's something powerful to look at. The very few people missed that one verse of Scripture right there, verse 29, and make a note of that. So hopefully that uh, helps out, Brother Rick, with your, your question. It's a very, it
5: has
3: a very good foundation to it. Yes, absolutely. And it has a good uh, foundation and apologetic answer to it as well. Um, we all been praying for you, and a lot of people have been lifting you up before the Lord. Uh, let us know quickly how you've been doing and what's your prayer request before we go to a commercial break cuz we everybody want to know how you've been hanging in there and how you've been keeping the faith and then uh what's your prayer request yeah yeah right for me right
5: now is just to be be strong right now in the lord and the power of his might i put on the armor every day that's what, that's one thing i do i i ask the lord to make sure that i am bearing the fruit Instead of uh, acting in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Those are the challenges I have right now. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow I'm going to meet with my brother. There's some business there. And it's very easy to get caught up in the flesh.
3: That's so true. I hear what you're saying. Well, we appreciate
5: it. You've always said to me, be strong in the Lord. Yes. So I, I ask
3: for that prayer more than anything else right now. Amen. And that's uh be strong in the Lord and the powers might. Uh that's uh from Ephesians six, putting on that armor. So when you get attacked in the mind, the heart, you know, every other place on your body, you're covered. You got a hedge of protection and a wall of fire up on you with that armor of God. And I say that not only to Rick, but everybody that needs uh the grace of God and protection of God upon them. All right, we're gonna have Brother Gary uh to uh lead us in prayer around you. We've got about two minutes and it's a perfect time to for Gary to lead us in prayer around. Brother Rick, and we want to ask everybody to join in uh with us for this brother. Beautiful brother been with us in the ministry over twenty something years. So we appreciate him.
2: Brother Gary. Okay. Lord we just thank you for Brother Rick and we just Come alongside of him, and we just pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to hold him, help him to, to, to truly be strong in you and in the power of your might, Lord God. We know that your word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, Lord God, we pray for that strengthening right now in this, in this spiritual man, that you would keep him strong, that you would keep him vibrant in the faith, Lord God, that you would keep him encouraged. And and we pray, Lord God, that the enemy would not discourage him, but Lord God, that you would put your hedge around him in a wall of fire that the enemy could not penetrate. We pray, Lord God, that you too would also meet his every need, Lord God, and the needs of his family right now as they, as they mourn, as they go through this process after losing their mom, that you, Lord God, would truly be that God of all comfort to them, and comfort them, strengthen them, and encourage them. And also, if they don't know you, Lord God, we pray that this would open their eyes to the reality and their their need for a savior, that uh, their mortality would come into play, that they would recognize that we are only here for a short time and that uh, we all need to make a decision sooner or later, sooner rather than later, to receive you, that we would recognize our need or Savior, that they would as well. Lord God, we pray that you continue to be with Brother Rick and continue to be with him as he ministers to people, that you would use him greatly, that we know that you have still work for him to do, and help him, Lord God, to continue to do that work. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick. God bless you, brothers. Take care. Thank you for calling, and you a good question as well. Well,
2: all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith after these messages.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the Spirit of the Bay. Welcome back
2: to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. Uh, We also want to let you know that uh, we are going to be out of the studio for the next two weeks. We'll be returning January the 8th, so we're going to take the holiday uh, next two weeks off of the holiday, so just remember we're going to uh, air the best of contending for the faith for you. But you don't, you won't be able to call in, but you'll be able to listen in. So don't forget. Um, next two weeks we'll be out of the studio. We'll be back uh, January the eighth. So also we want to again, once again, want to thank all of you who have been uh, faithful listeners to the broadcast, faithful givers to the broadcast. We can't thank you enough. Uh, there's two ways that you can uh, donate. Uh, first, take um, write a check or a money order or address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith PO Box 553, Tiburon, California 94920. That's Contending for the Faith PO Box 553, Tiburon, California 94920. Second way is so much easier, just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, click on that donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that um, we have a podcast that you can listen to that uh, includes all of our broadcasts, all of our shows. If you've missed any of this current series, you can go to the uh, kfax.com website, go to the banner at the top of the page and look for Contending for the Faith and you'll see the podcast and you'll be able to access all of that great content. Uh, to utilize for Bible studies, personal growth, uh, for your church, whatever you want to do. It's a great resource, and we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to go back to the phone calls? Let's do it, Brother Gary. All right, we have Jermaine uh, Holding. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, hello.
3: Hello, Brother hey. Jermaine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, doing very well. Oh, good! Merry Christmas to you, and happy New Year in advance. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. All right, brother, what's uh, on your heart tonight?
6: Well, yeah, I was, um, you know, I was thinking about uh, people I had known, and I was just a, kind of observing a, a phenomenon in church where a lot of people drifted away from uh, fear of the coronavirus. They weren't going to church worshiping, and I understand being careful and safe. But the only issue I had is some of these people were saying they um, they thought it was very unsafe to go to church, but I noticed that a lot of the times they were calling me from like Home Depot or Walmart, and then a couple even sent pictures from amusement parks where there's thousands of people, and it just kind of, it, it, if they were family, I would challenge them, but people that I observed, I kind of wondered about your thoughts of, of, does this mean some of these people weren't true believers at all? Because it seemed like they would find any excuse not to go, worship in person and some of them when they were when it came to worshiping online it just didn't happen so they just kind of drifted away and i just felt that not not to be judgmental but it just didn't sit right with me you know this whole thing of staying away from church but being safe enough to go where there's thousands of people it just did not make any sense i just wanted to hear your thoughts on that
3: well that's a very good question jermaine Uh, You know, I believe that there are exceptions to the rule with people who are extremely uh, ill, and uh, I understand that they have to be extremely careful when they're extremely ill, so we show grace there. But uh, as a whole, um, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, a lot of the people who have, some people who have stopped coming to church uh, they do go to the grocery store, and they're there for uh, an hour or more, and they go to various other places and other events, and they hang out with their families, uh, but the church is a whole different ball ballgame. Um, I believe that uh, a true believer uh, will endure until the end, and under great persecution, you really uh, know people's true character. Uh, I've always said this, our lives are like tea bags. Uh, you never know how tough we are until we put into hot water. And when we put into hot water, you'll see the true character of people. And I believe that the Bible never speaks about the singular saint. It always speaks about the plural, saints. And the early church the lesson for us to learn in all of this persecution and all this stuff that's coming at us is that the early church went through a lot more than the pandemic. I mean, they were people getting their heads uh, chopped off, beheaded, scourged. They were thrown into bull arenas. Just read the Fox's book of martyrs. I encourage everybody to get that book Fox's book of martyrs. And what did they do? Did they isolate? No. They got together. They made a way in getting together, even in the upper room, and they would meet in houses. But they never isolated to the point of allowing uh, the Roman government and the Jews to strike fear in them. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power, of love, and a sound mind. And I have an acronym for fear. Uh F stands for false, E, evidence, A appearing, R to be real. So uh, you know, and then we we uh as true believers we are totally obedient to Hebrews ten and twenty-five. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another. So we are called by God to fellowship uh, and to consistently be in that fellowship. And he says, "Where are two or three gathered my name. I'm in the midst. So uh, we want the Lord's presence to be there by us gathering. And that's what he said, but two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm in the midst. So when we gather, we bring Jesus in the midst, no matter what we go through. And the early church is the greatest example of severe persecution. I mean, the pandemic is nothing in comparison to what they went through. They faced death every day, every second, every moment. And they were telling them, you know, uh, to worship Caesar over Christ. And they still went to church. They still were faithful. They still were dedicated. And uh, But the true believers will endure it till the end. And this is just a uh, conditioning right now before the man of sin, the son of perdition comes and reveals himself uh, to scatter the believers and try to strike fear in us. But God has not given us that spirit of fear. And we need to remember that. And Jesus said, don't fear what man can do, but fear what God can do. Who can destroy both body and soul in hell. So uh your question is a good question and I believe it's a challenge to all of us in the face of uh fake news and the fa- in the face of uh fear tactics and the face of communistic governmental communistic socialist control we need to not be controlled by that and uh because every day of our lives We're doing something, and we're going out doing a variety of things, and we need to seek God first above all those little basic necessity things and social things we do, because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So that's what we need to do, and uh, we want to consistently exercise our gifts as well. That's a critical thing. Because when we stand before God, i say this in closing, we stand before God, we're going to be judged upon the three T's, what we did with our time, talent, and treasure. So hopefully that uh, answers or gives you some additional uh, meat to what you were asking. But Hebrews 10 and 25, don't forsake. And uh, we need to keep that in mind no matter what we go through. We got to be obedient to the word of God over uh, anything else because God will bless us in the end and protect us as well.
6: Yeah. That answers it uh, perfectly. Dr. Parker. I, uh, thank you. for I appreciate it. I just, uh, I guess I got a little frustrated family members saying how scared they were, but they, they found themselves at Disneyland when they could get there. So yeah, yeah,
3: that, yeah. that
6: answers it perfectly.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Uh, you have any prayer requests before we let you go?
6: Uh, yeah, actually I do. Um, yeah, I'm in a situation where I have not taken the vaccine yet, and you know I'm praying about that. But I had a job offer, been praying about, and just want to pray for discernment on that because uh, this one will require it. But I had some other issues I could discuss another time, and I just want want God to just reveal to me what is best for for me.
3: Amen. Well, we're gonna have Brother Gary to do that. Brother Gary, let's join together and pray for our brother, Jermaine.
2: All right. <clears throat> so, Lord, we just pray for wisdom and discernment for uh, Brother Jermaine regarding the job situation that you would guide and direct his steps, Lord God. Give him clarity, Lord God, and direction by your Holy Spirit. Lead him in the right place, open the right doors, and close the wrong ones, Lord God. And in the meantime, give him peace, your perfect peace, which surpasses all understanding, guard his heart and his mind. And we thank you and praise you and ask these things in jesus name amen
3: amen we appreciate you Jermaine. always a good question and god bless your brother and your family
2: all right god bless you, you guys next year
3: all right all right
2: all right we're going to go to craig who's uh been waiting on line four
3: brother craig how you doing
1: yeah yeah hi guys um another terrific show tonight uh great commentary dr buckner uh, you know terrific calls and i just love these guys that call in and ladies but um yeah i'm just going to follow up real quick from last week i it's amazing i looked everything up you told me to is right on the money there um you know related to the subject i it's amazing i don't know how you do it dr buckner but you just knew right off the cuff what to look for um But I I did read and I I have a better understanding now of the subject, which I'm talking about is um, the issue of the end of the world and the second coming. And so I I got that part. And um, I wanted to ask you, I, I listened to this pretty level headed Messianic Jewish guy on another Christian network and he's you know, he's convinced that we're living in the last times. One of the things he says is that all these, all these little countries, you know, they're getting nuclear weapons and stuff. And I've, I've been listening to Christian radio for decades now, and I've heard a lot of preachers come and go who claimed, yeah, we, I'm going to see the coming of the Lord, you know, in my lifetime, and they end up dying. Um, you know, I've heard plenty of those type, you know, well-meaning uh, preachers on the radio, it hasn't, obviously it hasn't happened yet, and I, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Buckner, between you and your your colleagues, uh, other professors, scholars, and ministers, I mean, is this a, very much a big topic, more, more of a topic of discussion these days? And one more thing, you know, you're talking to Germaine about the man of perdition, so I, I imagine, is that like the Antichrist? You're talking about. I, w- I wish you would, um if you had a little more on on that, please.
3: Yes. Well, the uh because our our time is almost out, and we want to pray for another brother that uh, called in or actually asked for prayer. But let me just say this: okay. the man of sin, the son of perdition, uh, it talks about him in Second Thessalonians chapter two, and uh, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica and telling them to not be soon shaken because people were talking about the immediate return of Christ. And that's something that you get from the pre tribulationist is rapture uh, positions that gave birth in the 1800s. Um, and uh, it's a come lately, but Paul clarifies that issue by saying that certain things will happen before Jesus comes back. You can look at Second Thessalonians chapter two, and he says that there'll be a great, chronologically he says there'll be a great falling away. That's the first thing he says, and that's what we're seeing today. People are falling away from the church and Christ and everything, and never wanting to do what he says, uh, the large majority of people. Then he says, then uh the man of sin will be revealed, And then he he ends up saying, thirdly, that then will Christ appear. So the chronological order is apostasy, falling away, then secondly, the man of sin, the Antichrist, be revealed, and then thirdly, Christ comes. And then Paul rebukes them about being soon shaken about people telling them that Christ is coming, and Christ even warned about people saying, see him here, see Christ here, and see him there. And then Jesus said, no man knoweth the day or the hour. And then in Acts chapter one, he talks about, not for you to know the season and the time. But the scriptures be teaching more so about us living a Christian life and a holy life so that when he comes, we'll be ready to go up with him and to uh, be raptured up with him and to continue on the earth. So anyway, that's some stuff in a nutshell. Uh, I'm going to also refer you to some books next time I talk to you that will be helpful in your reading. What we need to do is let you go because we want to pray for uh, a a young man named Alfred uh, in closing. Uh, But good question. Uh, Let's pick this up some more. And I'm going to try to refer some good material and books to you the next time I talk to you.
1: Okay. Thank you, doctor. I'll hang up.
3: You're welcome. And Merry Christmas to you and your family.
2: All right. We're going to pray for Alfred. Lord, we just lift up Brother Alfred, who's such a faithful listener and uh, contributor to our ministry. We pray for his family during the Christmas season, that you would bless them, protect them, and keep them. And so we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. My name is Gary Bell. We ask and we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year until we hear from you again uh, next year. God bless.